Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Hours in, hard work. Look at this. It looks so much better in person, too. The Golden State Warriors have won three of the last four NBA titles. We celebrated, we've had champagne, we've had rings, but this is the more motivating feeling. Everybody thinks it's the end of us. I don't see it happening though. We'll be back. Since the 2019 finals, got hit with a lot of adversity and speed bumps, but never lost the faith that we could get back here. And to get back here and get it done means the world. Damn, baby! What are they gonna say now? The parade is on. Take a look at the streets of San Francisco as the Warriors and their fans celebrate the franchise's fourth title in the last eight seasons. We'll be updating you with all the best sights and sounds from the parade over the next hour. Welcome into NBA Today. I'm George Sedano in for Malika Andrews. Joining me today, we have somebody who celebrated a championship in the Bay before, Matt Barnes. Thanks, Matt, for hanging out with us today. Also joined by another NBA champ, Kendrick Perkins. Somebody, uh, you know, will we'll hopefully be joined by someone else here very shortly as well, uh, who may be trying to bring a championship to Bourbon Street and CJ McCollum. We'll, we'll see if CJ joins us here momentarily. <laughs> You had the champagne in your eyes. Did you have the big goggles back then or no? No, no, no. George, I needed to feel the burn. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is new generation of champions. The old school champions, you want to get the champagne and stuff in your eyes. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah. That's now, the Matt, whole experience. Per- per- That's more recent, so you had the goggles for sure. Man. Yeah, I had the goggles. Yeah, I, I no doubt. Want, I, I didn't want the burn. <laughs> All right, I want everyone to take a listen <laughs> to the Warriors before this parade got underway today. Let's take a listen. I told y'all don't let us win a championship, and clearly nobody could stop it. Um, I warned y'all, so I'm just going to continue to destroy people on Twitter, as I have been, um, and Instagram stories. I just want to say thank you all, and as always, everybody else. I love y'all. You said this championship might be the most surprising. What, what surprised you? The reason it was a surprise is we kind of stunk the last two years. I don't know if you noticed that. So to be able to bounce back from where we were is uh, pretty incredible and uh, testament to these guys. Now, Steph, the win in game six, you were as emotional as I've ever seen you. You cried on the court. It obviously was the end of... Who cries on the basketball court? I mean... <laughs> crying in basketball? <laughs> Tell us about being overwhelmed, a little I'm not emotion crying, there. You're crying. 
people were looking for it. Tell me about the tears uh, and what that all meant. I think everything that's been said on the stage, uh, whether you say it out loud or whether you internalize it, like you carry all of the journey with you every single day. Um, and so to know what we've all been through, what my brother went through for over almost three years, what we went through as a team to try to retool, regroup, rejuvenate what we had, um, and just like taking snapshots of the last three years, all that came out when, you know, when the final horn sounded just because you know it wasn't just the work we put in last week, it wasn't the work we put in a month ago, it was the work that we started, you know, uh, once we changed buildings and, and trying to carry that, that championship DNA with us. Um, but that emotion was everything, just letting it out, letting us know that we back. And then I got to the real question is what they going to say now? As I mentioned earlier, we're joined by two NBA champs and a man who's trying to bring a championship to Bourbon Street in C.J. McCollum. C.J., welcome. So what are your thoughts on the scene out there in San Francisco thus far? Personally, it's, it's hard to watch. Man, as a competitor, you want to be out there. You want that moment. But I'm happy for them knowing some of those guys personally, knowing the journey that Clay went on, like having those injuries, not being able to play, having to watch his team, seeing him get emotional during games, being able to talk to him after games and just saying, like, the game needs him. And... Uh, being able to talk to him after we played him that last regular season game of the season, just being happy to see him out there. I think I have a great appreciation of the game because of injuries and things that have, have taken the game away from me. And to see what he's gone through personally, I'm really happy for him and his success. Happy to see Steph be able to carry the mantle. You know what I mean? He's He's been under a lot of scrutiny for one of the guys who's considered one of the best ever touch of basketball, or the, the greatest basketball shooting player ever. Um, to, to be doubted because he didn't have a finals MVP, I think is blasphemy. But him being able to establish that legacy and that that kind of put the, the exclamation, part, exclamation mark on his career, if you will, uh, was really cool to see for him as just like a pure basketball fan. But as a competitor, you want that to be you. You want that to be your family celebrating, dancing with the trophy. You want to be able to celebrate and experience that moment. And I think, you know, with the two champions I'm sitting here with, you guys got to experience that. And, and you know, you envy success in that sense because you want that for yourself. You know what? I, I agree with everything that uh, CJ just said. But you know what, I, what stands out to me the most? is the pettiness and the noise talking, right? Because I think that's going to drive others around the league to to actually go at Golden State, and I think Golden State is going to embrace that. So, I mean, I think it's great for the NBA. I, I know a lot of teams, a lot of players around the league are going to be, if they're not watching it, it's going to pop up on their phone eventually, some clips or whatever, you know, Draymond may be saying. And I love that Draymond is stirring the pot because that makes me look forward to next year and the competitive-type uh, games and, and, and the way teams are going to come out and try to win that championship. Because when you watch a parade and you're part of a parade and you see that ceremony, it's nothing like the parade. I always said it when we won in 2008. I don't care about nothing else. I just want to get back to the parade because it's a joy that, that you can't even describe. Uh, this has just been a tremendous journey for this team and obviously each championship along the way has been a very meaningful and memorable moment for each player but I'd have to say this is probably and you saw through Steph's expressions and emotions I think this is the most important one obviously that first one is big 
You say what you want about them winning two with KD, but this one, after all the adversity they've been through with Clay being out for two and a half years, uh, Steph's injury, Dre's injury, retooling this team with young guys that took a little while to understand their roles and fit in and buy into what this team is about. And then like uh, CJ touched on, all the scrutiny that Steph has taken. Uh, he's not this, he's not that, he can't do this, he can't do that. He's never driven the bus, quote unquote. I mean, I think now he definitely owns the bus. I think someone said that earlier <laughs> and has kind of really cemented and continues to cement his uh, place in, in, in basketball immortality. So this is just an exciting thing. First time for the Sacramento side, of, or excuse me, the Sacramento, the San Francisco side of the Bay to really get their own parade for this Warriors team. So I'm really excited for these guys. And like Perk touched on, Draymond is definitely stirring the pot, but that's what you do when you're on the top because so many people took shots at him, this team, their players, and everything about them. They're on top now. They got to enjoy the moment. Yeah, listen, man, 941 days for Clay. As you mentioned, Steph, not only driving the bus, I think he owns the bus company right. at this stage, Matt. And, and look, I remember that first year when everybody was hurt. I did a game early in the season. Coincidentally, it was Boston against uh, the Warriors in San Francisco at Chase Center in 2019, and nobody was around but Draymond. And I remember in the third quarter, Steve Kerr called the timeout. And he, he kind of put his arm around Draymond and kind of tapped him on the chest. And in that interview at the end of the third quarter, I asked Steve, what did you say to him? He said, I just wanted to tell him I love him. I know we're going through a challenging time right now, but his leadership is invaluable. So these guys, despite as dark as it was for them on the court, they definitely believed in each other, and this is the culmination of that. Now, let's take a look at the title odds going into next season. The Warriors have the shortest odds to repeat at 5-1 to one according to Caesars Sportsbook, followed by their finals counterpart in the Celtics, as well as the Nets at 6-1. to one. Next up are the Bucks, the Suns, and the Clippers before the Heat come in at 14-1. to one. So spinning this ahead, you know, with the parade, and now we're putting a bow on the 21-22 the season. Perk, I see you're in Miami. You know, I want to know what the storyline is there. Are you trying to be Bam Adebayo's backup? Like, what's going on there? What's the biggest storyline for you this upcoming offseason? Well, the biggest storyline for me is what the Lakers going to do. And I mm. know I get tired of talking about the Lakers, but you want to know, you know, with the new hiring of Darvin Ham, how, you know, what their plans are for as Russell Westbrook. We hear the Kyrie Irving uh, rumors about, you know, him testing the waters and the Lakers being the front runners. Uh, might be one of the teams that's the front runners to actually pursue him. And then also the biggest, the biggest thing about the Lakers is Anthony Davis. We saw what LeBron James did last year from a numbers-wise, averaging 30 a game uh, last season. I want to see what AD is going to do. I have high expectations for Anthony Davis. I think he should come back with a chip on his shoulder. Matter of fact, I know he's going to come back with a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to remind people not only why he's a top five talent in the NBA, but why he's a top five player in the NBA. And right now, I got Anthony Davis as my front runner to win MVP. Hmm. Mm, interesting, Park. Interesting. Um, it's crazy. We all know that the second a championship, a champion is crowned, that the next thing is what are the Lakers going to do? So we all know <laughs> that it, the whole summer is what yes. is going to happen in L.A. <laughs> yeah. with this new coaching uh -huh. staff, with their big three. Uh, but my most intriguing story of the offseason, I think, is Kyrie Irving. I mean, what are we going to see from him? Is he going somewhere? Mm -hmm. Is he staying? And if he is able to go somewhere, as Perk just alluded to, he, Kyrie Irving, is a top five talent in this game when he puts basketball first. In the last mm -hmm. handful of years, he hasn't necessarily put basketball 
first. And whether Kevin Durant admitted it or not, I'm sure that frustrated him at times this year because he needed his counterpart uh, a lot of the times he didn't have him. So whether he stays in Brooklyn, if he's heading out here west to L.A. to the Lakers or the Clippers, I just want to know where basketball as a priority will rank for Kyrie because we all know on this panel when he's locked in, there's not too many people in the world better than Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. For me, I think the most intriguing thing is a combination of what you guys talked about. I like to focus on player movement. As a player, I think it's really cool when guys exercise their freedom, their rights to become unrestricted free agents and leave and go other places. You, you look at the likes of Bradley Bill. He's a guy who's going to become a free agent. Look at James Harden, although I think he's going to stay. He could become a free agent soon. Obviously, you talked about the importance of Kawhi Leonard, right? Coming back from an injury, I think he basically changes their team. He becomes you know, not a part of the player movement, but a player addition to an already really good roster in L.A. with the likes of Norman Powell. Obviously, you got PG and so on and so forth. But like you said before, mm. uh, Kyrie Irving is, is big domino, right? He's a big domino. If he leaves, that changes a lot of things for a lot of teams. You talked about both L.A. teams. There's, there's a chance that he could go to some other teams on the East Coast as well if he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And I think what we're talking about right now is what makes the NBA continue to grow as a brand. Because even though the, 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 the chaps are crowned and they're riding down in San Francisco right now celebrating, the attention will still be on the NBA until the season starts for exactly what CJ said, is there's so much star potentially moving or stars actually moving. In no other sport, no other major sport do stars move around like they do in the NBA now. So that's why it's a constant, okay, what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen? All the guys we just listed could possibly be on a new team next year. And again, that kind of attention and focus on the NBA is why the NBA continues to grow as a global brand. Yeah, speaking of which, like, I, I'm curious to see what the East teams do, right? What Boston adds to this already great team that they have. Do they add a, a tr more traditional point guard to their team? We know that, you know, look, I, I've known Pat Riley for 20 years. When he's this close, he's going to try to make a big move. He's going to try to swing for the fences. Whether he actually accomplishes that is a different story. But, and then Philly, right? James Harden. Like, what's that situation going to look like uh, with Philly? Philadelphia. Are they going to give him the Supermax, the $270 million? So I just think that there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. And I haven't even mentioned, of course, the, de the, the previous defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, who I would imagine will come back healthy and add to their team as well. So to me, the East is still going to be wild. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Kyrie in Brooklyn. But much more to come here on NBA Today, including Stephen the Warriors are celebrating in the Bay. But is his legacy already cemented? That's coming up. Plus, the Grizzlies want all the smoke with the Warriors. Is the Warriors Grizzlies? Is that the rivalry we've been waiting for? And Doc Rivers says James Harden will sign a huge deal with the Sixers. We'll discuss all that. What's coming up next in Philly, Memphis, all of it next. You're on NBA Today as we roll on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Warriors and Celtics took up the majority of the spotlight recently, and rightfully so. We're here to catch you up on what else is going on 
throughout the league. A little segment called Chop It or Drop It as you watch the Warriors celebrating their title and their parade. It's going to be fun. We'll have it kind of in and out. We'll be in and out on it pretty much the entire show. But let's get to Chop It or Drop It here. First up, Kenny Atkinson, the former Nets head coach who told the Hornets he will remain the Warriors' top wow. assistant coach rather than become Charlotte's next <laughs> head coach. Atkinson and the Hornets had agreed in principle mm -hmm. to a four-year deal that he had never signed. So, Perk, you want to oh. chop it or drop it? Oh, we got to chop it up about this. Look, it's it. We don't re we rarely see a guy turn down an assistant coach turn down a head coaching opportunity to stay with yet as an assistant. You know what this speaks volumes to me of of Steve Kerr and the way that he carries himself as a head coach and the roles that he let his assistant coaches play. He let them have a voice in the locker room and he's open to suggestions. That's what it seems like to me on the outside looking in. Also, it speaks on the culture of the Warriors, right? Like, Kenny Atkinson just got there this year and all of a sudden he turned down a head coaching job to stay, on the, to stay as an assistant. That means that the vibe is good, the energy is great, it's a great place to be around, and you could just got to credit the ownership, the front office, the coaching staff, and the players for, you know, making that environment the way that it is. I agree with you, Perk. Uh, I mean, we don't really know the numbers, but I'm, I'm guessing it had to be somewhere near 20 million, at least, uh, on the low end, four years, five million, at mm -hmm. least, on the low end, to stay in Golden State when you have a chance to go to Charlotte with a, a crop of young up and coming, particularly in LaMelo, superstars. Um, maybe Kenny knows something we don't know. You know, maybe mm -hmm. Steve has, you know, maybe Steve has another two or three years in him and Kenny would be the perfect man to slide in and replace him. You know, Mike Brown paid his time and, and maybe possibly thought the same thing. But I think after, you know, this team was able to turn it around and understand their window is maybe another two or three years. Maybe that'll be the end of Steve Kerr's run and maybe Kenny wants to slide into this situation for every reason you said, Perk, because I've played there. It starts at the top with owner and management and there's not, an, uh, not another organization in the entire league that runs their team and their, their organization like the Golden State Warriors do. I definitely want to chop it up about this because this is an intriguing situation. You talked about four years, at least $20 million to run your own show, to be a head coach, to have LaMelo Ball on your squad, and you turn that down. I think a championship speaks volumes. The way in which they won this championship, right? You know, strength in numbers. Clay talked about the tweet that a Memphis Grizzlies player sent out, but I think the way they won this championship through adversity, having to lean on Steph, obviously, with the development of young players such as Jordan Poole and some of the other younger guys was, was probably something that he enjoyed being around that process and understanding that Steve Kerr has said it many times, you know, he's very th thankful for Steph Curry, right, and all he's done for him. And they asked him how many more rings he was going to win, and he said, how much longer is Steph Curry going to play? I think he coaches until Steph Curry is done, and then they have a passing of the torch, if you will. And Kenny is probably eyeing that job, like, hey, maybe it's three years, maybe it's four, but eventually Steve is going to step down. And if I'm here and I'm around, I have to catch this easy lob. <laughs> easy lob. Now, now, listen, you guys make great points, but I guess I'll be devil's advocate here and say, is something wrong in Charlotte that you passed up a head coaching job? Like, am I the only one on this panel is going to question that I mean, at least this, a little bit? This is, uh, to me, this is the new young NBA. The energy is insane. And, 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 you know, as a parent, 
I got younger kids that drive me crazy. So I mean, maybe Kenny is in a position where, like you said, you've seen what it's like to be at a championship organization mm -hmm. with a bunch of veterans that can really coach and police themselves. Okay. Right. Going to Charlotte could be a whole other story. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing going over there, but could it be a whole other energy and vibe and story having to start all over okay. trying to build something that they already have and go in the state. I I'm just curious to see what Charlotte does. I, I, I am curious to see where they pivot at this point. All right, but next up, let's take a listen to Sixers coach Doc Rivers when he was asked by TMZ Sports about James Harden's future. How is he? Are you excited about him? I'm excited. Yeah? Very. Um, has he been good for you on the team this last I year? I love him. You do? Yeah. It, it, Thank you. I'm done. Oh, you're done? Yeah. You think you'll sign him with, to another deal? Huge deal, yes. Say again? Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, Philly is eligible to sign Harden <laughs> to a deal worth as much as $270 uh, hey, million. We, dollars. we, we Got to chop this. We got to chop it. We got to chop it. For the simple fact, why is Doc Rivers even talking to TMZ? That's crazy <laughs> to me. But we got to chop it up, George. I got to hear what y'all got to say. Yeah, we got. Yeah, right. We got. We got to chop it up. Go, look, go. It's yours. I mean, James. Obviously, I'm. You know, James Harden, Daryl Boy got that special relationship we all know about since the Rocket days. For as you know, Daryl Boy, you know, blessing James Harden with his first. You know, super max deal, 100 plus million, multiple times as a Rockets. So it's not a surprise. Here's the thing that I'm, I'm interested in seeing. How much money is James Harden actually going to get? And how much is he going to leave on the table to leave room for the organization to make the roster better so he can accomplish his ultimate goal of winning the championship? I think Doc is doing the complete opposite of what he did last year. He said a few things that were taken the wrong way with Ben Simmons and so the, 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 the storm had started in Philly. So I think he definitely wants to avoid anything that's even close to leaning towards negativity. Uh, so he's saying, hey, we're going to do this. We love James. Um, but like Perk said, it'll be interesting. Obviously, we're players. We have a small, time of money to, uh, small amount of time to accumulate as much money as we possibly can. And James is on the table for a super max. But as we've spoken on this show several times, there is a way where he can possibly leave some money on the table for them to afford another star player. So like Perk said, you know, James has accomplished everything an individual in the NBA can personally obtain from scoring titles to MVPs to, to records. Uh, the only thing missing on his resume at this point is the championship. So we'll see. Does James or uh, does Philly or does James decide to take all the money that he's d deserving of and can possibly get? Or will he leave some money on the table for the team to have some flexibility to bring in another star? Very interesting point. We got we got a player here talking about taking less money. I think, <laughs> I th you know, what my saying is never take less from a billionaire. But I think in this situation, I think he'll consider doing all he can to kind of make that team whole. Understanding that he forced his way out of, of, of Brooklyn. He thought it was a better situation in Philly playing alongside Embiid, who arguably could have won MVP this season. So I think looking at the roster construction, looking at where he's at in his career, how he plays now, he's more of a facilitator, gets into the lane, likes to create for others. He definitely is going to want some players around him that kind of complement his strength, which is to be more on the ball. So I think that what Doc is saying is basically like, look, we're happy with James. We like his game. We want him to be here long term. And I'm not ruffling anybody's feathers. I'm not right. going to say anything that can be misconstrued. I've been down this, I've been down this road before, and you know how TMZ is. They'll switch up the headlines <laughs> on you in a minute. So so he made sure he was very clear, concise, and got out of there and said no more questions. Let's keep it real. I mean, although James isn't putting up the monster numbers we're accustomed to, he's still a 20 and 10 guy. 
He's you know a 20 I mean? and so 10. He's still and a 20 and 10, and he could drop 50 on any given night. So it'll be interesting to see what well, he decides to do a, out there. It's a, it's an ugly-ass 20 and 10, but it's still <laughs> 20 and 10. Yeah, that 20 and 10 didn't look so great in the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, maybe uh, mm. another year together can, can change things. And, and Daryl Morey once did call him his basketball Jesus at the uh, Sloan uh, Conference in Boston. So, all right, moving on here. Our next topic has gained some momentum here over the last couple of days. It all started following Game 6 when Klay Thompson said this after the Warriors won their fourth title. I can't wait. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing, freaking bum. You're going to mock us? Like, you ain't ever been there before, bro. We've been there. We know what it takes. So to be here again, hold that. All right. That player Clay was referring to, as you saw there, was Jaron Jackson Jr. His teammate John Morant turned to Twitter, defending his guy. It's got a lot of real estate. Then Draymond responded about trading the real estate for the property value because it was higher in Boston. So, CJ, look, you've been known to jump on Twitter from time to time. So what are your thoughts on this? First of all, Draymond, shout out to my guy, Draymond, winning championship. Uh, I picked openly uh, against the Warriors, and Warriors fans hated me. It was just my opinion. I just felt like Boston was going to win the series, and Dre said that they would be ringless as I currently am, and he was right for the moment, right? I still got time to win rings down the road, but I just wanted to preface that with, I like Dre a lot. I've known him since he was the chubby kid at Michigan State, since I was the chubby baby face guy at Lehigh, and he's worked extremely hard to get to this point, and he's had a lot of doubt, he's had a lot of haters. So when he gets the chance to stand on the mantle, he's gonna stand and beat his chest. And he said he was going to do this if he got a chance to win another championship. So he's only doing what he said he would, and I'm sure that drinking has been excessive with the championship, and you know, it's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in Vegas, and, and the team is turning up celebrating, and he's seeing tweets from, from a team who, you know, they actually eliminated from the playoffs. Um, so I, I think it's only right that they ride, they ride their high. They've done a lot. They've proven that they are worthy, one of the greatest teams ever assembled through the draft. Mostly, obviously, had some acquisitions uh, via trade and obviously had KD for a little bit. But I think he's doing what I would do, right? Like, I'm winning this championship. I told you we're going to win this championship, and now I'm going to tell you about it. And the fact that you are ringless, right, like as a ringless person, that hurts us, right? Like, that's, that's a tough... You know, ask Charles Barkley, like, the thing that everybody mm -hmm. says to you when you're a good player and you have a ring is that you have no business discussing this. You're ringless. And I think that's what he's displaying to everybody else. I think it's great for basketball. I mean, the fact that you got Clay mixed in the mix, too. You know, Clay is his own way of funny. But I definitely think this is good for basketball. And if you look at it from a Memphis perspective, they feel like with a healthy John Morant, they truly felt like they should have beat the Warriors. Although we don't know if that is true and we'll never actually know, but they feel like they're next in line. So this team is young and this is the new NBA. Everyone wants to talk about the new media. This is the new NBA with this energy and, and the way they're having fun and acting out in, in, in public. And uh, I love it. And I think, again, it's going to make, if, if the Christmas Day game is, as they're saying on social media, it's Memphis versus Golden State, it's going to be fun. But it's all, at the end of the day, going to come down to the playoffs. The regular season is great for entertainment and for us to talk about. But you have to move weight in the, in the playoffs. And Golden State has done that the last four out of eight years. So if you're on the top, scream, because you don't know how long you're going to be on that top. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that. And look, I want to add to that. Another part of it is I don't want to see the jersey swaps and taking pictures after the games, right? This this right here, this type of energy, real beef. it makes you look forward to the end. Real talk, it makes you look forward to the NBA next year. Like, I don't want to see friends between the lines. Like, I want to see guys going at it, but making sure they keep it respectfully. Like, we all know that Draymond and Ja, 
they bumping their guns because they talking about stuff that's going to happen between the lines. I love Clay. You know, you know, hey, look, when you're a champion, people doubt you. I had Rasheed Wallace say the same thing. And Rasheed is my brother. He said the same thing about me and Rondo in 2008. We don't know how the Celtics go win it. Y'all crowning them already. They don't have a point guard or a center. I, I made it my business to say something to Rasheed as soon as we won the championship, and it's all love. But the only thing I didn't like that Clay said was he called Jaron Jackson Jr. a bum. Because Jaron Jackson Jr. is far from being a bum in this league. Like, this guy is versatile for as one of them stretch fours who could, who, could go, who could move to the five position. He was in the conversation for defensive player of the year. So when you start throwing that bum word around, kind of got to be a little bit careful. But I understand Clay was feeling himself. But Jaron Jackson Jr. ain't no bum by no means. Fair enough, Perk. Finally, the Jazz have rebranded their primary jerseys to mixed reviews. They rolled out black and yellow jerseys as well as a, a white option with the yellow trim. And they also brought back the purple mountain jersey from the old Stockton Malone finals years days. So, Perk, what are your thoughts on this new look? Hey, you know how they have that little, what is it, the GIF, GIF, whatever you want to call it, they yeah. go around uh, with Stephen A when he say, I'm here to tell you. We don't care. We don't care. Like, nobody really cares what color the, the Utah Jazz jerseys is or what they're going to be in the new colors. We don't care about that. We want to see the Utah Jazz go out there and actually do something and live up to expectations. I don't care what color they jerseys is. I don't care if they change the colors. We want them to, to exceed expectations and stop underachieving. I second that. I mean, anytime you have a coach like Quinn Snyder respectfully step down, he's not fired, he's not going during the, he's just stepping down. It says a lot about what's going on over there. So for them to even have, I wouldn't even put this in the media if I was Utah. You got to worry about what happens on the court. Who cares what you're wearing? You got to put up a shut up. This has been a great regular season team that has been very consistent in the regular season and has been very inconsistent mm -hmm. in the playoffs. So I don't care what color you're wearing. Like Perk said, man, you all just have to come out there and do something. And there's so much turmoil right now. You lose your head coach. You're hearing Donovan Mitchell may want to leave. They're talking about they want a King's ransom for Rudy Gobert if they're going to trade him. So they got a lot more serious problems than to worry about what color they're going to be wearing on the court. I'm going to drop it like it's hot, but I'm going to just say this. Them is definitely giving <laughs> off, you know, Nike, Nike EYBL uh, AAU vibes. Oh. AAU, those is AAU vibes for sure. Low budget AAU vibes. Oh, yeah, right? Oh, no. <laughs> well, Matt and Perk are going to stick around with me. CJ, thank you for joining us today, man. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you having me. All right, man. Still to come on NBA Today, a special edition of Top of the Top, the best Warriors plays of the season. You won't want to miss that. And sticking with the Dubs, they're celebrating their fourth title in eight years. Huge parade through San Francisco is going on today. And it's NBA Draft Week. Perk is doing his studying. I know that. And there's buzz around Purdue guard Jaden Ivey. Is he the next John Morant? Stay tuned. It's coming up next here on NBA Today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. All right, the parade is rolling on in San Francisco as the Warriors and their fans are celebrating yet another NBA championship. But, of course, you see Draymond right there getting down. you got to hear what he had to say. Take a listen. That's what we do. We win. Winners win. They'll never understand it. They'll try to quantify it. They'll try to make it about points. Winners win. That's what we do. Straight like that. I said it all. Shut up. That's what I said. I said it. Shut up! Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Hey, Park, he's been on your line too, Park. <laughs> Park, he's been on your line. Yeah, who? Drake. Who he been on? Who he been on? Who line? Yours. Hey, Matt, did you see the video I posted? Matt, uh-uh. I'm not worried about Draymond, man. I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I walked in the gym and got stampeded. I ain't worried about Draymond, man. Hey, look, y'all, hey, look, they can have the new media, man. I'm going to stay with what I'm doing over here. Okay. Because the route I'm going, this is where it's at. All right, let's get to top of the top best plays from the Warriors season here. First up, we got Andre Iguodala. Look at the steal and behind the back dime here Mm. in Chicago. He meant so much to this team, even though we didn't really get a chance to see him in the playoffs. He was instrumental for this team. Yeah, he was fantastic, as you see there. Just his leadership alone is 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 unbelievably necessary for a team like this that's going to try to win a championship. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, next up. Look at that dog. Oakland's own JTA, Juan Toscano-Anderson, takes flight over JaVale McGee. Ooh. Get up, big fella. Come Ooh. on now. Ooh. Oh. I'm, remind, I'm, I'm going to uh, Phoenix on Wednesday to play in JaVale's Jug Live softball game. I'm going to remind him of this dunk. I see him. <laughs> <laughs> we know, and you, you really are, too. You already know I'm going to. Uh. <laughs> yeah, JaVale, you know what we did on TV the other day? We oh, played this dunk. Getting dunked on, boys. <laughs> uh, that's tough. Oh, all right. Moving on to the playoffs for a moment. Jordan Poole calls his own number at the end of the third in game two. You know what happens here. Mm-hmm. Splash time. Bang. Incredible. I mean, oh. it, the emergence of him was so key this year. You know what I mean? It was so key, and then all the memes that go with it. Right? They say he, they, they say he do everything he does for the women, Park. Hey, hey I'm tell, hey, I, hey, whatever floats his boat. But I will tell you this: if you're a youngster, carry yourself like Jordan Poole. That's the type of confidence you like to see in the mm-hmm. young fella. No, no doubt about that. Rewinding to the conference finals, Andrew Wiggins with a huge dunk that was originally called an offensive foul. I was at this game right on Luca. Oh. oh, and they stopped the play. Oh. Yeah. Come on, Mark. You know, Mark always wants to make them kind of wild calls. Mike, Mark, just well, keep it moving. You, 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 hey, you know it was a TV game, Matt and uh, he George. Wants to he wants out. to get his little camera shot. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was tough. Man. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I, tell, I tell you what, Wiggins, man, it's that, that, that warrior culture mm-hmm. just bringing out that dog in them. Yeah. Here's the Warriors at the Knicks, Madison Square Garden, just before Christmas. Steph breaks the all-time three-point record with both Reggie and Ray in attendance right mm. there. Only right to do it in the garden. Only right. Yeah. <laughs> when you love the team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot of dudes have broken a lot of records in the garden. On the Just not team. on the Knicks. Right. That's, That's what, what I meant to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I'm telling you, Steph, Steph go, Steph go break. He going to have that record, and the next person that try to break that going to be so far behind. Second place is going to be a wide gap, It might be man. Cannon. Yeah. There you go. 
It, uh, or it may not even been born yet, to be honest with you. Still to come, the legend of Steph Curry continues to grow, and his father, Dell, explains why his son's legacy is now solidified. Keep it locked right here to NBA Today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I love to shoot the ball. It's something I've been doing since I was, you know, three years old. Curry from half court. Everybody talks about the greatest shooter ever. It's Curry for the record. It's I'm comfortable saying that now. The greatest shooter the game has ever seen. Curry along three. The Dubs dynasty is still very much alive. They're on top of the NBA world. And for the first time ever, he's an NBA Finals MVP. MVP! MVP! Steph Curry's right there. Looks to be having a great time as the Warriors celebrate in the streets of the Bay Area yet again. The parade caps off a memorable year for Curry, one where we saw him win the All-Star Game MVP for the first time in his career. Another award to add to the trophy case. That would foreshadow what happened Thursday night as Curry was unanimously named Finals MVP. This one is different, Curry said after the game, and how could it not be? The Warriors overcame the loss of Kevin Durant and two Klay Thompson season-ending injuries. They picked second in the NBA draft just two years ago with James Wiseman. And yet all that adversity, despite all of it, they finish as 2022 NBA champions. Here's Del Curry, father of Steph, detailing how his 34-year-old son has accomplished everything possible for a pro ball player. It's a feel-good story, but there's so much drama and inspiration. Accolades when I shot, boy. When I shoot Steph Curry with the shot, boy. The legacy was always secure. It might be his fourth, but it means so much. Long before my son, Wardell Stephen Curry II, led the Warriors to yet another title. Long before he put on a performance for the ages in game four. Forty-three points. We may have just watched the most significant performance of Steph Curry's career. And long before he hoisted the finals MVP trophy. I got some true stories to tell. My son knew his impact on the game would always be greater than one award. Now make no mistake, this is a special one. And it means even more because of what his team had to overcome the last three years. Kevin Durant planning on signing up the Nets. Oh, Curry fell hard. And then the, the Clay News losing him for a year. What a roller coaster ride for this franchise. But Steph never wavered in his belief that his core still had more to give. You don't want to see us next year. As has been the case every time somebody doubts him throughout his career, Steph proved them wrong once again. Because the confidence that Steph 
as inside will always be stronger than any noise that surrounded his game and his team. The Warriors could win because of the trust number 30 had instilled through 13 years within the franchise. At 34 years old, that resilience has never been more apparent. Is this entertaining? Hasn't everyone already learned their lesson by now? Four titles, the all-time three-point record, two regular season MVPs, and a finals MVP. What are they gonna say now? Any more questions? No more questions, that's for sure. He is an all-time great. We have to take a quick break, but when we return, Jaden Ivey's name is buzzing on the NBA draft streets. Can he be the next John Morant? That's next on NBA Today. My mom's name is Neil Ivey. She went to University of Notre Dame, eventually won a national championship um, in 2001 in her hometown. A wonderful homecoming for Neil Ivey and a terrific win for Notre Dame. She was with the Indiana Fever. I was a, a little baby, but as I look at pictures now, I had her jersey on, was in all the arenas that she played in. She eventually took a coaching job at Notre Dame. Now, you know, she'll witness me hear my name called, you know, on stage on draft night, knowing that she'll be there on the big night. It's going to be amazing. What a cool story. Here's a look at the top five in the latest mm -hmm. mock draft done by ESPN draft guru Jonathan Gavoni. Ivy slots in at four to the Kings in Gavoni's mock after the consensus top three of Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Banquero. All right, welcome back to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano here with Matt Barnes and Kendrick Perkins. Our draft experts have Jaden Ivey going to Sacramento, but when he was asked about the Kings earlier today, it was clear that this was far from a lock. <laughs> I actually haven't been in contact with them. Didn't work out for them. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of just, you know, letting this process just handle itself. Um, you know, I, I, if I got drafted there, you know, it wouldn't be the worst option. You know, I'm not the, the GM who picks the guys, so I'm kind of just, you know, trying to just enjoy this process. Okay, so the draft is three days away. Matt, is it surprising hey, that the Kings haven't spoken to Ivy yet? I laugh to keep from crying. Uh, obviously, you know, doing some work up there last year and, and being from there, you know, Sacramento wants more, nothing more than just to be relevant. Some lady even told me yesterday she'll just take 500. I see higher. I want to see them make the playoffs. But, you know, obviously with De'Aaron Fox, and they decided by trailing Halliburton last year that De'Aaron Fox is their guy. But then again, I don't want to look back in three years and say that this is the same possible mistake they made um, passing on Luka. You know, they say this kid is going to be the next thing, a lot of job ja, ja Morant-ish in his game. And if that comes true, the Kings are going to be kicking themselves three, you know, three years from now because they're most likely going to pass or trade this pick. Perk, I see you laughing over there earlier, but what do you make of the John ja Morant comp for Ivy? Oh, I love it. I love it, especially when it comes down to his athleticism, finishing around the basket, whether that's snatching the screws out the rim. But look, check this out. Look how he rejects the pick and roll, sees the baseline, and just straight to the rim, elevating with power. And he's mean with it. Yes. This John Morant in his Murray State days. Burst the speed. Ah! Mm. Crossover, drive left, <laughs> snatching the screws out the rim. You know, same comparison. Same type of body frame and everything. Look, look at his handle. Nothing too flashy. Split the pick and roll. 
getting in the lane, finishing through contact. Real great athleticism. Same situation. John Morant, when he ah, when he had the mini fro, finishing in traffic. All right, Perk. The 76th annual NBA draft is Thursday from Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Barring a trade, the Magic have the first pick, followed by OKC in Houston. It's all at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Coverage beginning at 7.30 Eastern right after SportsCenter. Our next WNBA game is Wednesday night, and it's the only game on the schedule, so all eyes will be on it. Sabrina Ionescu and the Liberty take on John Quell Jones and the Sun, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. When we return in 60 seconds, more from the Warriors celebration in the Bay, plus Matt and Big Perk share their favorite championship parade moments. Plenty of memorable moments from the NBA parades over the years. The Warriors celebrating their first title in San Francisco since returning to the city. Uh, obviously, they had spent plenty of time in Oakland. So, Matt and Perk, you both have been a part of championship parades. Do you have any favorite memories or stories from those? Go ahead, Perk. You know what? Mine was just being on Draymond level, right? Just getting drunk and saying whatever comes <laughs> to your mind and just embracing all the energy. It, it's no stories. It's part of it. You get to do whatever the hell you right. want to do at the moment. You get to smoke cigars. You get to drink your alcohol. And nobody's going to tell you a damn thing. <laughs> Uh, my situation was a little different. I got hurt going into the playoffs and didn't really get to play that much in the playoffs. Uh, so my favorite moment was just that my twin boys at the time got to experience with me uh, right on the float. They were on the stage. They got their own rings. They were hanging out with Steph and KD. Um, just that moment is something I know they'll never forget. Um, so that's my favorite part of the, the experience. Perk, I see you there in that video we showed earlier as Matt is out there with the people. You were on that bus just hanging out with James Posey. You didn't go anywhere that James Posey was. It looked like on that bus in that parade. I mean, you know, we we had to keep it tight. You know, me and James Posey, we tied together like shoelaces. <laughs> me and Clay, me and Clay, on the other hand, we're getting drunk and active on our bus. There's levels of craziness on each bus. Each bus has a kind of their own theme and rhythm. If you get on one of them active buses, boy, look out. Yeah, it can get turned up real quick. All right. <laughs> Perk, Matt, thank you guys for hanging out today. Thanks to CJ for joining us as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check out the NBA Today podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast.